everybody. All right, we are here. Live and in person, New Hope Radio. Thank you for joining me today. Wrapping up a week of broadcasting here on 1590 on the AM dial 92.7 FM and the Hope Club podcast. I always can get these messages online, on demand at the Hope Club podcast. And don't forget, you can also watch them at newhopecc.tv. Scroll down, boom, there they are every day. Fresh, right out of the oven. I like this topic. We had a good topic this week, and we'll continue with it for a couple of days next week. We're talking about angels. Who are the angels? Today we're going to see what do the angels do? What do they do all day? <laughs> we're going to find out today right here on New Hope Radio. Okay, but before we do, this is going to be my last announcement for the open house of the Academy of Higher Learning. And it certainly is because you know why it's an Academy of Higher Learning? Because it has loving teachers, an academic curriculum, testing. It teaches the knowledge of God. It teaches respect for all people and for property. And it also requires parental involvement. This is what makes a great school. This is the kind of school that you want your children, your grandchildren, niece and nephews in, or nieces and nephews in. Okay, so we have our final open house this Saturday, tomorrow, September 12th, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. A couple of hours come out, See the school, see the curriculum, meet the teachers. If you can't make it, if you can't make it in that two-hour time frame, you call us and make an appointment, and we'll give you a personal, private, open house. We'll work with you, because it's that important that your kids get a good education, an education that includes not just academia, which is very important, but also includes knowledge of God and respect, respect for property and respect for fellow man. That's an education, isn't it? That certainly is. That's what we're talking about. Now, when we were together yesterday, we asked the question, who are the angels? And we saw that the angels, they're messengers of God. Their role is to do the bidding of God. Angels are not departed spirits. They're not glorified human beings. They're personal beings. They are personal individuals. They don't have a body, but they can take on a body. We noted yesterday that they possess intelligence, that they have feelings. They sang for joy at the creation. They have a will where some rebelled against God. They cannot reproduce. They're masculine in gender. They're innumerable. Oh, yeah. There's so many, you can't even count them. Myriads upon myriads. And they're also organized. They're organized. The elect angels and the fallen angels are organized. And we noted some categories of angels. We do have elect angels, those that are faithful to God. The fallen angels... 
those that were faithful to Lucifer and they rebelled against God. We noted guardian angels, they watch over people. Seraphim, six-winged angels that worship God. Cherubim, they guard the holiness of God. We also noted yesterday that they have the ability to take on human form. Remember, they appeared as men to Lot in the city of Sodom. In Genesis 6, they took upon human form and, and had sex with the girls. In humans thir- uh, Hebrews 13, the Bible tells us, Be careful, always be nice to strangers, because some have entertained angels without even realizing it. That's pretty good. So, let's take a look now at what angels do. They have a ministry. They have a ministry to Jesus Christ. They have a ministry to believers. They have a ministry to the nations, and they also have a ministry to unbelievers, okay? So we've got four categories that angels, you could say, minister to. So we're going to see what angels do with regard to the Lord Jesus, and that's probably as far as we'll get today. What is the ministry of angels to Jesus Christ? Here's one thing we can all agree on, I believe. God always had a plan for the salvation of the world. You know that? Even before there was sin, God had a plan. Hebrews 4.3 tells us his works were finished from the foundation of the world. That means that God already saw salvation completed before he brought in the plan of salvation. That's the omniscience of God. He sees everything. He sees all. He sees you right now. I can't see what you're doing, but God can. He's watching you. Oh, yeah. He's watching me, too. Okay. Now, how about after the fall of the garden? Angels had a ministry to God. Remember, after Adam and Eve sinned, and uh, they got called on the carpet, along with the devil, and Jesus said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, speaking to the serpent, And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise you on the head, you shall bruise him on the heel. So there's that plan of salvation, Jesus Christ dying in his humanity. That's what that's all about. Being bruised on the heel is not a mortal wound. It's a wound that Jesus came back from. Satan received the bruise on the head. That speaks of ultimate defeat. The guy's a loser. He lost, he's a loser, and anybody that sides with him, you're on the losing side. You're a loser too. That's why salvation is so important. Then, see, we're talking about God's plan of salvation first. After Christ came, the Bible tells us that Jesus has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to, oh, here it comes, his own purpose and grace which is granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. So again, what are we saying? God always had a plan of salvation. You know, that should be comforting to know that God always knew what he was going to do before he had to do it. That's, that's what I call planning. <laughs> that's good planning. Knowing what you're going to do 
before you have to do it. So, the atonement for the sins of the world by Jesus Christ was always in the mind of God, even before time began. So, they were important in God's plan of salvation. So, now that we know God had this plan, let's take a look at how the angels are inserted into God's plan of salvation. Because they played a very big role, you know. Oh, yeah. Luke chapter 1. I mean, we're only, what, how many shopping days from Christmas? Not far. And we'll be getting Christmas cards, and we'll be observing the wonderful event of the birth of Christ. So, in Luke chapter 1, God used angels to proclaim the birth of the Savior to Mary, his mother. He did. And um, you're familiar with the story, and I love reading it. I just love reading these verses over and over. I never get tired of reading these verses. And I love, you know, around Christmas time, we get to revisit these Christmas verses every year. You get to a point where it's like memorized, right? We remember these things. And here's what it says. Now, in the sixth month, what do you mean the sixth month? Well, that's the sixth month of Elizabeth carrying John. John, who will become John the Baptizer. Okay? So, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Notice, see? The messenger sent from God, Gabriel. Gabriel is the messenger of God's throne. He was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, sometimes you wonder, well, why are they putting this lineage in here? This lineage allows us to trace the family tree. And you know what we learn when you face the, trace the family tree in the book of Matthew? that Mary and Joseph are of royal lineage. lineage, Yeah, they're of the house of David. And that's why they went back to Bethlehem for the census when Caesar Augustus put out that roll call. So in verse 28, coming in, he said to Mary, so Mary, as she is in the house, probably doing what she does, you know, sewing, baking bread, doing some ironing maybe. And here comes this angel. And he walks in. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, what was Mary thinking? I don't know. But the Bible tells us that she was very perplexed at this statement. She wasn't afraid. I don't know what the angel looked like, but it didn't scare her. But she was perplexed. And she kept pondering what kind of salvation this was, or salutation this was. Like, what? Why? Like, why are you saying that to me? Do I know you? Have we met? The angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Oh, man. You know what that means? Mary, when God saw you, he saw something special. He saw something special in you, Mary. Just like a lot of you that are listening, God looks at you. You know what he sees? Something special. Oh, yeah. And you know, when, he, when God sees somebody special, you know what that means? He has a wonderful plan for their life. That's right. Just like with Mary. He had a wonderful plan for her life. Was it easy? No. God's plan for your life might not be easy, but it certainly is 
wonderful. Don't forget that. And here's what the angel said. Behold. In other words, pay attention. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call him Jesus. You know, that was a little startling, especially when he said that to Joseph, because they were going to call the first boy Joseph. And the angel says, no, we're not doing that this time. We're going to call him Jesus. And he, I'm going to tell you a little, bit, a little bit about this boy, Mary. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. I'd be like, that's enough to perplex me. What? The Son of the Most High? What does that mean? And then he continued. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob <laughs> forever. Mary's like, what? Forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Can you imagine the feelings of Mary? Gabriel, the angel, brings her this message. And she's like, what? I didn't even have him yet. And you're already telling me everything he's going to do. He's going to be a great king of an eternal kingdom. What? You know, in Luke chapter 2, in verse 10, an angel brought news of the Savior's birth to some shepherds, too. They were out in the fields watching the sheep. And though Jesus came into the world in humble surroundings, you know the story, right? Born in a stable, put in a baby's, in a, a feeding trough for sheep. Yet he was worthy to be proclaimed by God's messengers. Isn't that something? That Jesus was proclaimed by the messengers of the throne of God. That was majestic. God is telling the world, listen, here comes my son. Welcome him. Here he comes. And they didn't. They didn't welcome him. But the angel did come to simple common people. And the angels, you know, after they did, all of a sudden they looked up and heaven, the sky, was filled with a heavenly host. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest. Oh, the angels were praising God. These are the praising angels, the worshiping angels, the praise team angels, like you have in your church. Every church has praise team angels lead us in worship to God. Love them, huh? You got to have them. Got to have the singers and the musicians, and they just lead us in God's worship. Those are the praise team angels. And then, in the ministry of Jesus during his life, angels were sent to protect him during his earthly ministry. See, if Jesus is going to be the Savior of the world, well, God made sure that there were angels around him to be there for him, to protect him. After Jesus was born, an angel appeared to Joseph and told him to take his family to Egypt. Joseph, get out of here and go to Egypt. You know why? Herod, that crazy king, he wants to kill the baby. He wants to kill your son. Go to Egypt. So the angels came and told Joseph, pack him up. I'm going to Egypt. And they went to Egypt for a while until Herod died. Then the angel came back and said, okay, Herod's dead. You can go home. And he went home. Where do you think Herod is right now? He's in a place of sorrow. That's where he is. A place of sorrow. I bet he wished he had it to do over again. Hmm. Then, Jesus grew up. In 30 years old, 
goes down to the Jordan River. There's his cousin John. He's baptizing people. Time for Jesus to get baptized. He gets baptized by John, and then the Holy Spirit leads him up into the wilderness where he's tempted by the devil. And the Bible tells us that the devil tempted him, but Jesus defeated, resisted the temptation every time. And you know what happened after the temptation? After the devil left him, angels came and began to minister to him. Now, I don't know what that looked like, but the angels came and they strengthened Jesus. Maybe they encouraged him. They brought him food. They were just there for him. They lifted him up. They built him up. They refreshed him. And then he was ready to begin his ministry. Oh, he passed the final exam. Three rounds with the devil. That was like the final exam. And he passed that. And he was probably pretty tired. And the angels came and they ministered to Jesus. And he started his ministry and he started preaching about the kingdom of God. See, even Jesus, uh, Satan, you know, Satan knew that angels were assigned to protect Jesus. Because, you know, in one of the temptations, you know what he said to him? If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he'll give his angels charge concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, even if you strike your foot against the stone. So the devil knows the Bible, let me tell you. He knows, and he knows angels because, number one, he was an angel. Number two, he saw the angels in action. He knows angels are there to protect Jesus. So he said, okay, I got a temptation for you. Jump off the temple, and you you won't get hurt because the angels will come and rescue you. And Jesus said, no, man, don't tempt God. No, I don't do, I don't do stuff to tempt God. And he, he was victorious in that temptation. But the fact is that angels were there to protect the Lord. You know what else? They were prepared to defend Jesus from his enemies. When Jesus was arrested in the garden, Peter pulled out a sword. Remember that? And he was going to fight, cut off Malchus's ear, a servant of the high priest. And uh, what did Jesus say to Peter? He said, Peter, man, don't do that. You think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than <laughs> 12 legions of angels? Now, it would only take one to rescue Jesus, but Jesus is saying, my father will send 12,000. If I ask him to, he'll send 12,000 angels. He'll take care of these cats right now. They'll be gone. So Jesus knew. Jesus had the security of going through life that the angelic realm was there for him and they would protect him. I want you to know something today. You have that same security. I believe that we have guardian angels, and we'll see that. In another message, we'll see the ministry of angels to believers. We'll see what they do. But Jesus had that security as well. So that's why whatever, he, whatever happened to him, he accepted it as the plan of God. Now, you know that an angel appeared in the garden the night of his arrest. Jesus went into the garden to pray. And the Bible says, an angel from heaven. Here's a scripture that I don't read too often. Kind of forgot about this one. An angel from heaven appeared to him, 
strengthening him. Isn't that something? I forgot about that. That when Jesus was in the garden, I think only Luke wrote about that. And remember, he was weakened. And it was like great drops of blood coming out of his forehead. And he wanted the disciples to pray for him, but they fell asleep. I guess after four cups of wine, who wouldn't fall asleep in the middle of the night, right? But they did. But an angel came and strengthened Jesus. He needed that strength. Oh, he was up all night. And he was going to take tremendous physical abuse. And then he'd have to carry that heavy cross through the streets of Jerusalem, outside the city, up Calvary's hill. He'd have to do that. And you know, he fell a few times, but he had to get to the hill. Oh, he was going to, you know why? He had to get to the hill to die. Imagine that. Imagine being so determined to give your life for the sins of the world. That's incredible. That's incredible what Jesus did for us. You know, if more people understood, understood who Jesus was and what he did, Oh, their lives would be so different, wouldn't they? Look at all the wild, violent, destructive people in the world. If they only understood who Jesus was and what he did for them, oh, they would be different people. It'd be a different world. Then, at the resurrection, okay, Jesus is crucified. He dies. They bury him in a tomb. Three days later, He rose from the grave. And you know who showed up at the tomb? An angel. There could have been two. One gospel writer says there were a couple. And there were women at the tomb that came to anoint the body of Jesus. And the angel was there. And they said to the ladies, He's not here. He's risen. Just like he said he would. He said he was going to rise, didn't he? Yeah, we forgot that part. Well... He did. So look at where angels were in the life of Jesus. They announced his birth before he was born. Then they announced his birth when he was born. It's pretty cool. Then they told the family to go to Egypt after he was born. Then they ministered to him when he began his ministry at 30 years old. And then they were there with him in the temptation. They strengthened him after the temptation. They were with him in the garden, strengthened him. They gave him the assurance that when he was arrested, they'd be available, they'd be at the beck and call of the Father, should he call on them. And then they were at the resurrection, pronouncing the good news. You know, see, these angels always brought good news. I like that. They were God's messengers, and they were always bringing good news. You know, there's a lot of good news in the Word of God. There's some some tough stuff in there, too. There's a lot of warnings in the Word of God. But, you know, the good news is always... You know who the good news is good to? Those that heed the warnings. If you don't heed the warnings, well, there won't be any good news for you. 
But if you heed the warnings of God's Word, there will be good news for you. And the Bible is full of good news. It's like, what do they say? There's like over 3,000 promises in the Word of God. A lot of them, they're very good. They're very good. So that's the ministry of angels to Jesus. When we come back next time, we'll see the ministry of angels to believers. Now, if you're a believer, I hope you are, angels have a ministry to you. And you might be aware of some of the things that they do on your behalf. And maybe you learn a few things that they're doing behind the scenes that you're not even aware of. So it's good to know that God, you know, he still demonstrates his care and love for us through the ministry of the angels. So God is there. Oh, I can't wait for next week when we jump right into this. And we're going to see what the angels do for us. Okay? Hey, always try to get a friend to listen. You know, doesn't they don't have to be in the local area. They can listen to uh, online at New Hope Radio on Facebook and YouTube. They can listen to WARV.net. And they stream their station all day long, all night long. So you don't have to be in the immediate area to catch our program. And, of course, the podcast is always there on demand. And it'll be up there in a little while. Today's message will be. So, as we sign off for the weekend, don't forget you can catch us tomorrow at 3 o'clock on WARV. But I want to remind you, this is it. This is the last open house. We don't have enough students to open. We need about seven more. Really consider Christian education. We need seven more students to open the doors. Our open house is from 10 to 12 tomorrow, September 12th. Just come and get the information. See the model classroom. See the curriculum. Meet the teachers. See how important a Christian education is for your children. There's a dress code. We pray in the morning. We pray in the afternoon. We have a mini church service. We we teach respect. We teach these kids what's right, how to grow up, and how to be contributing adults in a world that really needs them. We're going to teach them that. Come on out Saturday from 10 to 12. If you can't make it during that time, call us here at New Hope. We'll give you a private open house. We'll do whatever we can to help you get your kids into Christian school. Okay? All right. Hey, listen, if you don't have a church, join us Sunday morning, 9 and 10.30. Two services. You can catch us online as well if you can't get to church. NewHopeCC.tv. We're on Facebook and YouTube. We'll be talking about Jesus' predictions of wars and falling away. We're talking about the end times. What's going to happen as the end times draw closer? Guess what? We're in it. So tune in. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.